The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Okay, so we are doing... Um, oh, there's a face. Hello, Tamar. <laughs> uh, so we are doing um, uh, Kuf Yud Gimel, which is the first parak in Halal, which we've been saying uh, for the last seven days. Um, and I feel like I don't necessarily want to set out and do all of Halal right now, um, but I feel like those should be fairly high on the priority list in terms of which ones we choose because we do say them all the time. Uh, and this one I've just been thinking about because <laughs> I've been saying halal for the last seven days. So um, I theoretically, I thought I have, I, I thought I had learned this before and uh, came up with an idea, but I can't find a single shred of notes on it. So I don't know if I'm imagining it or what, but uh, uh, let that be a reminder that theoretically this is now no longer a shir, it's a chavura. So not promising results. Um, I do have uh, the plan for tonight is um, we'll uh, start with reading and translating like we usually do, uh, try to approach it on our own. Maybe since this is a short parak, we'll raise questions uh, just to have them down and just, just to get us thinking about it. Um, and then I have two Mafarshim from the Rishonim who are promising, who look promising. I can't say I definitely like hold by their entire approach, but like it looks good. And then right before Sheer, before Chavura, I saw um, the Malbim, and the Malbim looks very promising, which is not surprising because as much as I don't like using the Malbim on Mishle, I really like using the Malbim on on uh, much of the rest of Nach because he's he has such uh, good ideas and such like you know um, exact uh, you know idea word matches for the the Sukim. Um, so if all else fails, we we'll go to the Malbim. Okay, so here we go. Now I. I tra- this is my translation here. I think I started with the altar and then I just modified it the way that I would. So I'll uh, we'll translate it. And if you have any questions or challenges on the translation, let me know um, because uh, you know this is uh, if this were like Mishle, we would spend a lot more time on the translation. But just in the nature of how long Tilim is, then we'll um, we'll we'll keep it moving unless you have uh, questions. Okay, so Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Avde Arnoi, Hallelujah, Now I saw in the Miri. He mentions, I think that I don't know if it's a, a textual difference about whether it's this is supposed to be one word or not, uh, haluka or haluluka. <clears throat> I don't know of any difference between them. So if you're wondering why there's a space, I guess Al Torah has it like that. Um, so praise God, praise O you servants of Hashem, praise the name of Hashem. Okay, you got to put the O in there because um, it's directed to them. Uh, so this one, I wasn't exactly sure how to translate it. So it's either may the name of Hashem be blessed or the source of blessing from now until forever, or the name of Hashem is blessed from now until forever. I, I'm not exactly sure what to do with the Yehi. Um, so I, I saw two translations for this. Um, I, in my mind, until, until today, I always translate this as from the sun's rising till the sun's setting, the name of Hashem is praised. Uh, but then I saw Alter and some other people translated as from the place where the sun rises to where it sets. So Mizrach is not um, shining or rising, but it, rather it's um, the, the the place. And I think that maybe what compels them to say that is Mavo'o means where it comes back, you know? So it sounds like a place there. <coughs> but I guess you could read it both ways. Okay, um, Ram Al Kogoyim Hashem. Hashem is uh, is high above or exalted above 
the nations, all the nations, al hashmaim kavodo, uh, over the heavens is his glory. Um, and then I saw Ibn Ezra says that he says it's possible that the word Ram should appear twice here, that the Ram is qualifying both of them, that it's Ram al kogoyim Hashem, Ram al hashmaim kavodo, that Hashem is higher than the nations and his kavod is higher than the heavens. So I don't know if that makes much of a difference. Mi kadoshem elokeinu, hamagbihi lashavas. Okay, who is like Hashem, uh, our God? Hamagbihi lashavas. This is hard to translate here. So uh, the translation that I came to, again, I don't know if this is Alter or Art Scroll or someone else. <clears throat> who is like Hashem, our God? Hamagbihi, who raises himself up, lashavas, to sit. Okay. Uh, and I added on high because uh, the next passage, Hamashpili, Liros Bashmai Melrods. He, the one who lowers himself to see in the heavens and on earth. So raises himself up to sit and then lowers himself down to see. Uh, and then I saw the Malbims. Um, a lot of the Mepharshim are bothered by what's the, what's up with this weird um, conjugation here of Hamagbihi and uh, Hamashpili. Um, that's not something that like you see in like a normal verb structure. Um, like there's no binyan of like, he's Pailihi. Uh, but, um, uh, so the Malbim says it might, he says it's just, uh, it's extra. The Yud is extra might just be poetic, but he says it might also be indicative of like a perpetual or frequent, uh, action. So he regularly does this. So just keep that connotation in mind. Um, okay. So then we have. Mikimi Meafar Dal, he raises up the from the dust the doll, the poor person. Meashpos Yarim Evion from the seems like the English going English translation of this is dung heap. Okay, I guess I, I don't know if that was a thing back then, a dung heap, trash heap. Um, I know Ashpa is used in Halakha for a dung heap, um, I think. Um and uh oh, in case you're wondering also, what's the difference between a doll and an evion? That's a very mob of me question. So the mob answers uh Evion is worse than doll. Uh so that's why I translated, did I translate doll as poor and yeah, Evion translated as destitute. Um, he says, Evion is someone who doesn't have anything. Um, I once talked to somebody, this is the image that has stayed in my mind, um, that I talked to someone who went to India, I believe. I think it was India. And, um, and he said that in America, when he thinks of poor people, uh, or like, sorry, like homeless people, you know, homeless, you know, poor people. Um, he thinks of like beggars who are like all wrapped up in coats and like, you know, um, like, you know, panhandling or like sleeping on, on, on the streets or whatever. But he said when he went to India, he went to this like slum and he said it was so poor that he said like the poor people were just naked, um, like no possessions, you know. So that's what I picture when I picture an Evion. I, I think maybe because of the Oshpos, you know, the, 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 the dung heap, like really, really just absolutely nothing, you know. Um, okay. Then Lahoshivi Imnadivim. So what is, so this is still talking about God's action to set, sit them up or set, sit them, set, set them, uh, cause them to sit, um, with, uh, Nadivim with, uh, with nobles, right? Those are all, our old friend, the nobles from, uh, chapter 146. Um, um, and, um, Imnadivi Amo, and not just any nobles, but nobles of his own people. Okay. Um, so it's not like one of these, um, uh, you know, uh, ship him off to a new country and give him a new start, but even within his own people, he is up there. Uh, Moshivi Aker Sabais, this is also a hard one to translate. So I saw two translations. One is he seats the barren woman, that's the Akeris, Habais, 
okay, in the house or the barren woman of the house. And then again, it's hard to just fill in the detail, the blanks here. Aim Habanim, the mother of children. So it seems like the standard translation is he makes the barren woman into a mother of sons. Hallelujah. Okay, praise God. Okay, so those are the translations here. Um, I do, like I said before, I do want to raise questions on this because I think this is short enough uh, that we can ask questions. But before we do that, let's do the uh, pivot point thing. So um, where do you think the pivot point is and what are, what are your arguments? And I do think this is one where you, you can make several arguments here. Um, and I, I, I honestly don't know which one uh, uh, I favor. So what do you say? I, th- I think the pivot is seven. I think, I think the... Um... Meaning like one through six is one and then, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So one through six and then seven through nine. Yeah. So what is the, uh, what's your argument? I think the first six is, um, I was like talking about um, Hashem being exalted um, yeah. and amazing. Yeah. Um, then seven through seven through nine are him uplifting people okay good good i think that's a clean distinction anyone else just comment on what isaac said um if you're going with that theory you could even make the argument that um that six is part of the second half because it's talking about him lowering himself. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it's it's one of those things that can be read in both ways. Right. Right. Because yeah, I mean, in fact, it could be like this, uh, that oops, he, um, Who's like a shaman of God who raises himself to sit on high, who lowers himself to see and in the heavens is back referring to on high. And then on the earth is going back down again. Anyone see a different distinction here? Let me, uh, I'll make it white so you can not be, uh, influenced. I think, by the way, I, I do agree with Isaacs. Isaacs, I think is the strongest one, but I, I, I still want to point out another one. I'll give you a hint. Um, look for it based on the subject. No one. <laughs> Everyone likes the, the distinction. I guess uh, so. Maybe it's, maybe it's like the first three. Look, I'm talking about shame, Hashem. There you go. Okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So the other way is that uh, the first three talk about the name of Hashem, and then uh, and people's relationship with the name of Hashem, and then the rest of it is talking about Hashem Himself. Okay. Um, so that is another thing. And look, you could even have, if you want to be fancy, you could even have it like this, um, that, uh, Ooh, (laughs) that, um, uh, that there are three stages in here that it starts off with the name of Hashem, then talks about Hashem, uh, what he does. And then uh, in in the heavens, and then talks about what Hashem does on earth. But uh, I think that's that's messy. 
I really liked that color scheme. Yeah, the color scheme is nice. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, but we're going to do it like this, I think, for now. Okay. Um, and possibly, you know what? I'm actually going to, um, I'm going to go ahead and take a stance on this uh, and go and do it like, like I did before. Um, okay. So uh, let's now do, um, oh, before we do questions, okay, I mentioned in the methodology here, um, there are three modes that Tillum is in, okay? There's, uh, there's universal ideas mode, which is about, you know, human beings in general or Jews in general. Then there, like, not as a, a nation, but like, you know, the uh, uh, observant Jew. Then there's the, um, the biographical... Uh, Oh, sorry. You and I, I reversed the order. Hold on. <laughs> okay. There's the national mode, which is about Klyestral. Okay. Then there is the, um, the biographical mode, which is about David Melch or a David like individual. And then there's the universal mode. Um, which one does this seem like? It seems universal to me. Seems universal to me also. Yeah. Okay. However, there is one thing that might make you say that this is not universal and only from the context in which we say this in Hallel. So given the context of Hallel, what, what might you say? And I don't think you have to be like a Hallel scholar to know this. You just have to be a, a sayer of Hallel, a Hallel. Are you saying because the next paragraph talks about the nation? Yeah, because the next paragraph is B'tseh Yisrael Mimitzrayim. And, um, and we also know from uh, the Haggadah that the first two prakim of this are part of the uh, of the part of the Seder, which is still part of Sipor, right? That you're talking about, this is Halaha Mitzri. This is talking about uh, when the Jews went out of Mitzrayim. So you don't get that from the context here. But when I point it out, now you can see where, where does that theme show up in uh, in here? Like just loosely speaking, like how is that? How is that? You know, you see, it's trying relevant to this. That Hashem uplifted us and redeemed us. Exactly right. That He uplifted and redeemed us, and also the fact that God is um, above all the nations. You know, that was something He was demonstrating there. So we're gonna have to see. Like, like is that something that we? Uh, take into account or not, you know, certainly it is, you know, there's a basis for it from halacha. Um, uh, the fact that we say it as halacha mitri, but I think what we should do is interpret it in a strictly Torah way, just take it on its own terms. Okay. So um, I actually have another argument for sure. that, yeah. um, which is that we only say halal when, um, like on days when like some sort of like, Nacer or something was done to, done for us, right? So, um, so I, I think that that like that. I mean, like like I don't know how much we want to like let the fact that this is part of Hallel affect how we interpret it. Um, but that's another point about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, okay, um, so. Let us now go to the questions. Okay. Um, those white lines in between were bothering me. All right. Um, okay. So uh, what, what are the, uh, the general questions here or general or particular questions? I think I see, okay. I'm, I'm actually going to retract on something that I said um, 
uh, or not, I'm not going to retract. I'm going to give another alternative to what I said before uh, in previous uh, um, to learning. So in previous to learning, I said, don't get bogged down in the details. Don't get bogged down in the details. Don't get bogged down in the details. Um, and uh, and I said that that's the greatest trap when learning to Hillam is you get so bogged down in details that you can't think of uh, the big picture. So having said that, sometimes asking questions on the details gets you thinking about the big picture. So I still hold, you shouldn't get bogged down in the details, but it just helps you scrutinize the words, you know, um, in this, almost in the same way as like when I have, um, uh, my, um, I used to do this in study skills and in English and even sometimes in Limude Kodesh have students make an outline of a large text. And just the process of making the outline forces your mind to start thinking about it in a micro macro micro macro way. Like you're just like, you know, um, zooming in and out and in and out. And then that can help you to get into the, into the thing. So let's just, let's just throw out a few book, a few questions here. Um, what are some questions? I'll say, forget the major questions and problems. Um, Something that's bothering me is that the second half doesn't seem true. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So this is a good. Like, good it's not yeah. like he raises the poor up from the dust, and then now there are no more poor, or like yeah. now all the barren women are not barren anymore. Right. Right. Like, there is such a thing as barren women. There is such a thing as uh, as as, uh, yeah. as poor. Right. So so is the the second half true? What about all of the poor people and barren? women and non noble or noble aspiring <laughs> noble aspiring destitute yeah okay good what else is not true in this parak i mean you know sorry what were you going to say uh i was just going to ask what it's supposed to mean like for god to raise or lower himself Okay. Yes. Good. Um, so, uh, what does it mean for Hashem to raise or lower himself? Oh, and by the way, I just, uh, I got a mob would be mad at me if I didn't say this. Um, he says, let me just sneak, take a sneak peek here again. Um, Malbim says, just one second. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he says, um, uh, Mayrim, wait, let me just make sure I read that correctly. Yeah, in, um, it's just, you just remind me of this. Yarim, Evyon, and Mekimi, to lift up. Those are both words for lifting up, but he says that the lifting up is more than the the Mekimi, the Mekim. And that, that makes sense here because Mekim is just, you, you set them up, but Evyon is raising them up. And I guess because the Evyon is so low, you have to raise them up. So I, I was just reminded of that by Aviva's question because it does use the same term, Ram. You know, that the one who is Ram is Mayrim, you know. Um, so just pointing that out here. Okay, good. Um, just about the connotation of the word um, Hamashpili. Yeah. Um, doesn't like shuffle mean not just like lower in like a spatial sense, but in like, a, um, I'd say like esteem type thing. Like, let's say like you say a person... Um, like as like the Gemara about how does a person um, avoid saying lashon hara, mm-hmm. and so they should be a a 
Shafal Ruach, mm-hmm. like a like a lower like. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's like spatial, but like. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not, not I it's it's yeah. possible. I, I don't know enough to say that that's uh, that that's the case. So another thing that doesn't seem to be true is um, uh, that where is it? Oh, from the place um, where the sun rises, yeah. where it says, uh, praises the name of Hashem. I mean, maybe in the Yimus Mashiach, then everyone praises Hashem from from all over the world. But right, you know, right now that hasn't happened yet. So, um, so is it? Oh, sorry. So is um, Puzzle Gimel true? Is Hashem praised all over the world? And if not, what does it mean? I have a question about Pasuk Vav also. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I guess, first of all, it seems just strange to me, this, like, description of Hashem lowering himself to see. Like, yeah. I don't know why you need to bring in, like, lowering, you know, like, right. you could just say some sees. And also, um, if you're talking about some sort of lowering, then why bring in the Shemayim? Like, it just seems like a little... Right disjointed yeah so i mean that's kind of regarding the second part um that's kind of why i uh made this part yellow again in the in the heavens that it's emphasizing the fact that he's lowering himself from the heavens to see you know so it's just explaining what the lowering himself is um lowering from shamayim or yeah i mean he's he 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 is seated in the heavens Mm. and then he he's mashpili liros he lowers himself to see and then this is like the Bashmaim of Arts is reflecting back on the scope of Hashem's, you know, range that he's in the heavens and he's on earth, you know, in terms of his sight. That's how I took it. Okay. But yeah, because otherwise you're right. It wouldn't make sense to say that he lowers himself in the heavens or to the heavens, you know. Uh, but I, I, I do want to add here, um, what does it mean for Hashem to raise or lower himself? Um, and uh, what does it mean? Why lower himself to see just to clarify that i also think it's it's not exactly a question but i think it's sort of interesting that these two examples are the ones that were brought in and kind of like i guess the Mm. question is what are these examples examples of good okay what uh why are these the examples chosen what are these examples of okay good um another question i have here is it seems like there are different parties that are praising hashem servants of hashem are praising hashem the name of hashem is being praised by whom i don't know and same thing being praised here uh and then um, high above all the nations is Hashem over the heavens is his glory. I mean, it's, it's unclear whether they're praising him or not, but I guess who, let, let's just say who is praising Hashem, who is praising Hashem or being told to praise Hashem. Like in other words, the servants of Hashem, is that Jews? Is that Sadiqim? Is that, you know, who is that? Okay. I think that might be good for initial questions here. So now, what do you want to do? Should we do what we have been doing and try to figure it out? 
try let's try to figure out a basic idea on our own first okay without looking at the mafarshim and then we'll go to the mafarshim here so let's figure out um i guess you know maybe we do have to take a stance we have to do something with this puzzle six so i think what i'm going to do just to make sure i'm just going to make it blue so we can get that color scheme again and also so we can uh um acknowledge that it kind of relates to the first half and kind of relates to the second half um yeah Okay, so let's try to define the first half here, okay? And this is hard because this is like the equivalent of the obstacle we run into in Mishle, where like, like it feels like a cliche Mishle Pasuk. So this feels like a cliche Tehillim Pasuk. It's just, yeah, praise Hashem, praise Hashem, you know? So um, so we got to try to find what the nuance is here. Or we could start with the second half because that is that is um, uh, you know more specific, and then we can then go back to the first half and see how the first half can might be uh, you know when it's contextualizing or being juxtaposed to the second half. What is it doing? You pick. I actually have a thought about five and six. Okay. Um, maybe like five is a. Actually, maybe it's the first half plus six. Okay. Um, it's talking about how like Hashem is like elevated and like it's like completely beyond us. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going into detail about what, what that means because I'm not exactly sure how it's expressing that. Yeah. Um, and then it's saying he raises himself to sit on high, which I think is like the expression of him being like like completely like above us. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he still relates to he lowers him he lowers himself to like relate to us. Right. Okay. Good. I I also think that's the idea that um, so the the that seems to be the theme of the parak right in in some way is that it, that it's saying that despite the fact that Hashem is so exalted and so high, then he involves himself with the lowest of the low, you know, or the people who are in uh, in absolute need of. Uh, of help that can't be helped by anyone else. Like, and maybe I'm thinking now, maybe that is why it's talking about the poor. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I I still don't know why these two, but like the poor is someone who can be helped, but just no one's helping him. Uh, Whereas the barren woman is someone that no one can help, you know? Um, So she's like barren being a barren woman. I mean, maybe there's a, uh, maybe that carries a societal status as well. Um, But, um, but like, certainly in terms of the way Hashem would help a barren woman seems to be different than the way he would help a, uh, a poor person uh, that like, you know, needs, it seems like you need a miracle to help a barren woman. Um, yeah. Okay, good. I think that's a good, that's a good approach. So now can we figure out all the particulars on the basis of that? <laughs> okay. So we're moving from question one, which in the Adler's four questions, which is what's the parak about in general. So we're saying it's about Hashem, despite how exalted and lofty he is, he involves himself with the lowest of the low. Um, and it's not just involves himself with the lowest of the low. I think there's a, there's another, uh, another note here. Like good thing about tomorrow's question about like, uh, why these examples? He raises the poor from the dust, from the dung heap, who raises the destitute to seat him among nobles with the nobles of his people. 
He sees the barren woman in the house. She will become a happy mother of sons. He's like uh, reversing the roles. Like yeah, the, it's a complete it reversal, work. right? Complete and unexpected reversal. You know, to have the the guy who was sitting in the dung heap is now on par with the the the, the nobles of his people, and then the woman who never had kids and was barren, she is now a happy mother in a household. You know, so. So can we unify those those two themes? The fact that Hashem is high and exalted, but he involves himself with low, and he completely reverses their um, their fortunes. Well, I'm not sure exactly why he does it, but um, I guess that that those kinds of things are an indication that he does that. I Meaning, like those? the the like me like the fact that he can take a low person and make him a high person. Like yeah. shows that his he's kind of not uh, I guess bound by those right okay societal categories. Yeah, I I think it's a it's a similar thing, right? Is that like okay? I, I in fact I like the way you said that last part. Is that we are bound by the societal categories, and therefore when we want to either you know ascend the societal ladder or help others ascend the societal ladder we have to do it within the normal, we have to go through the normal channels, you know, of like helping him up or like giving him money and like working his way up or whatever, you know, he has to work his way up. Hashem can just cut through all of that and just move the chess pieces, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and who, why is he the only one who's able to do that? Because he's the only one who is, you know, uh, in, in this position, you know, that he's uh, seated on high, you know? Um, so, uh, I, I think that's the, uh, the emphasis here. So now the question is what are all the particulars saying? And I think for this, maybe what we should do, let's go through the redoc. Okay. And, um, it's possible we won't finish this in this session. Okay. But I think it'll be helpful to see the particulars, the way the redoc takes it. And then maybe what we could do is maybe we could stretch this out till we could do the redoc. And then uh, the Meiri, who's the next interpretation, and then the Malvim next uh, Meiri and the Malvim next time, and then like put it all together at the end on uh, on on Tuesday, and uh, that way it could like percolate over the weekend. Okay, so um, okay, so let's go here with the Radak. All right, um, and feel free as we go through this to uh, you know interrupt and ask questions and like analyze this because this is you know we got to get get into this, see it from the Radak's perspective here. Okay. Boom. Okay, right away, that's taking a planting his flag on the national. Uh, this is national um, mode. When he wants to speak about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Hechel Bigvuras Hakel. He began with the might of God. Misbarach, blessed is he. Asab Olam that he does in the world. By his will, he raises the low and he lowers the raised. Just like he did with Israel and Mitzrayim. So again, that's the thing. The people who were slaves, they are now going out there rich like kings and eating like kings and like being like free men. And Paro, who was a world power, is reduced to a um, a whimpering, uh, um, you know, uh, defeated king. So that that's very, very Yitzhiz Mitzrayim-y, okay? Uh, Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is that example par excellence, you know? Um, so really, this is a setup for Batesi's Rami trying the way he's learning it. Uh, I mean, he says that explicitly, right? Kasher Bigvura Sakal. So this is this is just talking about the theme of Gvura, which is like the premise of Batesi's Rami Mitzrayim. 
once you establish this premise, then you can talk about what happened to the Jews in Mitzrayim. I think that's, that's is that Perak after it in Tehillim or just in Hala? Yeah, yeah, it's after it. Okay, yeah, yep, yeah. That was something that uh, I think Isaac. Did you say something similar in? Uh, yeah, was, you, was, yeah. you didn't realize that all of them were in sequence or something. Yeah, it's like five Prokim in sequence. Is that what? It yeah, is? yeah. It's all it's all unified in um in in actual safer. Mm. Okay. Um. Oh, side question by the way. I meant to bring this up in Rama Bakius, but I'm going to bring it up now anyway, just in case anyone wants to find it. And because uh, <laughs> half the Rama Bakius here, or three fourths of the Rama Bakius here, is here also, <laughs> which is um, okay. We, we kind of had the question when we were doing Rama Bakius about Hallel. When was Hallel um, instituted? Okay, like it's a Mitzvah de Rabbanan. When was it instituted? And I forgot to add the fact that, um, oops, sorry, that. Um, there's there's Hallel that we say like in you know as our part of a shakris. Then there's also Hallel as part of of the seder, you know. And the Rambam holds that that Hallel is Doraisa, um, uh, it seems, you know. So the question, I don't know what form. So the question is like this, okay? We think of Hallel as synonymous with these prokim of Tehillim, but what did people do for Hallel before David and Melch wrote the Tehillim? You know, so. And, and I'm asking that because, like, you could say that maybe they didn't institute the mitzvah de Rabbanan of Hallel until after David Melk wrote Tehillim. But the Hallel of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is hard to say if that's part of the Dorisa of, uh, of, of, uh, of Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim, you know? So, like, it seems like Hallel is an activity that is independent or pre-exists these particular texts, you know? Um, and David Melk came along and wrote the best version of Hallel, which is the one that we use, you know. Um, but just wanted to throw that thought out there in case anyone does find when Hallel, the different Hallels were instituted, uh, then let me know. Okay. Okay, onward in the Radak. V'amar haluluka, v'amar shalosh pa'amim halalu, lomar, shehilulim rabim anuchayim l'halalo. Okay, it says halalu three times. Haluluka, halalu avdeshem, halalu Hashem Hashem. Okay, so many, many Hallels. Um, okay. And the Malbim, by the way, being the Malbim goes into what the difference is between Halal and Bracha or Halal and Shevach. We won't do that right now. We'll just, uh, uh, say it means praise. Okay. Avde Hashem, Hiha Kriya. This is the, uh, the calling. Um, Kamo Hakel, oh, sorry, Hakahal Huka Achas Lachem. What? What does it mean, Hiha Kriya? Oh, meaning. Haluka. Does he mean that this is what is being called? Avde Hashem? And I don't know what that Pasuk is saying. No clue what this means. Anyway, let's see if it makes sense further on. Vatam Avde Hashem. Okay, so who are the Avde Hashem? This is answering one of our questions. These are the Chachamim who fear Hashem. Um, because to them it is proper to praise God and to give thanks to God. Uh, because they know how to praise in accordance with their chachma and their um, their uh, their comprehension of the name of God. Right. So this is a machlokus between the Radak 
and the Hasidic story about the guy who yelled out all the letters of the Aleph Bays, <laughs> right? The, um, there's, uh, um, or the, the kid who played the flute. I think there's like different versions of the story, right? You, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the, um, there's a Hasidic story. I have no idea what Hasidic story this is. I've just heard it told in the name of a Hasidic thing that like, it was Yom Kippur and then like, everyone was like davening and like this guy like went into the, you know, the, this guy in the back of the shul just was yelling out the letters of the Aleph Bays, you know? So uh, the, the, um, the, the congregants like reprimanded him. And uh, so the rabbi said, you know, or the Rebbe, I guess said, no, no, no. Uh, uh, or no. So maybe he asked the guy like, what are you doing? And he, and the guy said um, uh, like, I'm, uh, I'm illiterate. Like I can't um, read from the sitter. And so I can't like, uh, properly say the praises of God. So, but, but Hashem knows what's in my heart and I am um, shouting all the letters and he'll put them together in the right way, you know? Um, and the Rebbe said, his tefillah is the highest tefillah, you know, uh, or the flute, the same thing with the story with the flute of like, like uh, there is uh, all these people praying and like this kid just played his flute and the congregants like said, oh, that's uh, so, you know, uh, like, you know, you're disrupting, it's noisy. And the Rebbe said like, oh, that's the, uh, you know, that's the greatest praise. He's just offering his, his music to God, you know? So that's not what the Radak is saying, right? Radak is saying that your, 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 the quality of your praise of Hashem uh, is proportionate to your, your Yediyah Hashem, to your knowledge of Hashem and your, your Chachma and your understanding. Um, and therefore the Avde Hashem are the ones who are in the best position to praise Hashem. Now that's not to say that intention doesn't matter. Obviously intention does matter. You know, Rahman Aliba Bai, God wants the, uh, the heart. Okay. Or you could translate this. God wants the mind. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and it's not like you, um, uh, like that this is the only way to praise God, but in terms of the proper, like he says, that's the proper praise of God. Okay. So that's why they're, uh, being referred to as the Avdi Hashem. Okay. Then it says, Um, ki kol das So now it's expanding outwards saying, um, not specifying a group, like we mentioned, it's just saying, may the name of God be blessed. So this is all creations. And by creations, he clearly means people. Cause he says all people have das, um, sorry, anyone who has das is obligated to bless God. So that's something that is, you might not be the greatest Chacham, but if you have das, then, then you are obligated to recognize God as the source of all good. That's what Mavorach is. Vitami knowledge or any knowledge in general. So right now, even though he introduced this by saying uh, that it's about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, seems like any knowledge in general, because he says das chayavim levarcho doesn't, you know, sounds like all people, right? So is and he like making tears of like kind of like yes i think that's what he's doing and i think that's going to be clear for the next one also uh and i, I think that'll answer your question so he says okay fine that means means from now until uh, uh into, into the future um okay uh, so all of people from the uh from the east to the west so he is taking it as a uh, directional all of them pr- will praise God. Even though there are idolaters, everyone admits that he is the is the highest cause. So this is something that the Ramam says in um, the beginning of Hilchos of Odazara, um, 
that uh, that the original Odevodazara, it's not that they thought that the things that they were worshiping were gods, um, but that they thought that God's will was that they worship, uh, that we worship his creations. And so they really did recognize God. Um, and, uh, or you could say like in terms of the, uh, in Rama Bikius, the way we explain the Yisoda Yisoda, every human being has a concept that there is a fundamental underlying existence or reality behind all other realities and that that's what you're trying to do when you're pursuing knowledge so everyone recognizes this on some level even though so that's like the lowest level so sure i think that supports what you're saying so you have basically the chachamim who that's proper praise then you have all of like the regular humanity that are not corrupted by avodah that's just people who have the knowledge are obligated to recognize god as a source of knowledge and then even the who are praising their idols and their false gods recognize god on some level you know, so that's what it means that from east to west, his um, then the God's name is uh, is Muhula. And that might actually fit in very well, by the way, with the words. I'm not the Malvin, but Mavorach means um, recognizing God as the source of good. Whereas Hallel seems to be much more neutral, like you're not praising God because of what he does for you, you know. So um, the Ovdia Vodazara. So it's interesting <laughs> if this is true. So it turns out that the Avde Hashem are praising God. Obviously, they're also being Mavarech God, but they're praising God because they're capable of recognizing God purely on an objective level of their Chachma. You know, um, this, the, the, the general populace recognizes God as the source of their good, that, that that's a lower level, that I'm recognizing God as good because of what he does for me. And then the lowest level is not bracha because these Ovdiyavodazara are are praising their idols, but they are recognizing a certain objective reality of God's existence, you know, um, uh, and and that that qualifies minimally as as halal, you know. Um, that's just a speculation there. Um, uh, yeah. I have maybe a question about that. Um, sure. I mean, I don't know. It's it, maybe it's just like I would be interested in more detail. I guess it's not exactly a question like. Uh, is it like a subconscious recognition? Is it something that, like, do you have an example or something of like, I guess you were, you were talking about this a little bit, but it seems to me like a little um, interesting or surprising to say that, that the Obdei also recognize God. Yeah. Let me find something. I'm just going to stop screen, sharing the screen for a second. I have to look up my uh, excerpt from the book, Egyptian Magic. <laughs> um, which uh, has an excerpt, which has a relevant excerpt here. Hold on a second. Egyptian magic. I just don't know where I put it. Um, here we go. Okay, uh, let me just share the screen here. Um, I heard I I don't buy books on Egyptian magic, by the way, but I heard Rabbi Chade uh, <laughs> mention this in a sheer. So I I I heard that this is, was discredited. Okay. Um, but I have not, um, what do you call it? Uh, I haven't, I haven't looked into it. Someone told me this is discredited. So this is a, this was a, uh, short post I wrote on the old blog, uh, April 24th, 2007. Um, so, um, Oh, so this is, I'm just going to read the whole post cause it's very short. Afterwards, Moshe and Aaron came and said to Paro, so said Hashem, God of Israel, 
uh, send out my people that they may celebrate for me in the wilderness. Power replied, who is Hashem that I should heed his voice to send out Israel? I do not know Hashem, nor will I send out Israel. So they said, the God of the Hebrews happened upon us. The Ramban states what may strike some as an astounding statement. So here's the Ramban. Now, Paro was indeed a great Chacham. He knew of the existence of God and acknowledged him, but Paro did not know the proper name of God, i.e. the Tetragrammaton, the UK Vavke, and he answered accordingly, I do not know Hashem. Therefore, they replied and said to him, as they were commanded, the God of the Hebrews happened upon us, mentioning to him only the God of the Hebrews, which is the equivalent to Kel Shakai. Okay, uh, so then I quote from here from British Egyptologist Sir Wallace Budge. Okay, very British name, Sir Budge. Um, uh, Egyptian magic. So here's what he says. He says, when we consider the lofty spiritual character of the greater part of the Egyptian religion and remember its great antiquity, it is hard to understand why the Egyptians carefully preserved in their writings and ceremonies so much which savored of gross and childish superstition and which must have been the product of their pre-dynastic or prehistoric ancestors, even during the period of the greatest enlightenment. But the fact remains that they did believe in one God who was almighty and eternal and invisible, who created the heavens and the earth and all beings therein. I was saying this, I, I, I said this to... um. Zev, when you sent me that video, um, uh, this is what I was referring to. Um, anyway, and that although they believed all these things and proclaimed their belief with the, the mo almost passionate earnestness, they seem never to have freed themselves from a hankering after amulets and talismans and magical names and words of power and seem to have trusted in these to save their souls and bodies, both living and dead, with something of the same confidence with uh, which they placed in the death and resurrection of Osiris. A matter for surprise is that they seem to see nothing in Congress in such a mixture of magic and religion. Oh, this is not the excerpt I wanted. Uh, interesting. I don't know where the other one is. Okay, fine. But in the other excerpt, um, so I mean, that, that is relevant, that it's saying that the Egyptians did believe in an invisible God who was supreme above, above everything. But there's another excerpt where he says, I think it's either him or someone else, who says that they basically held that that there was this one God, but he was so high above, this is actually related to our parak. he was so high above that we can't possibly worship him. So there were no cults or like, uh, or, 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 you know, Corbanos or anything like that, worshiping that one God. It was all, the only way you could relate to him is through sub-deities, is through intermediaries, you know? Um, so that's not necessarily a typical example but that's an example where historically that was the case where you had this very polytheistic and magic oriented religion, but they recognized one God and they just didn't uh, um, talk about him. Now, switching gears, when in our Rama Bakirshir, when we said, that the foundation of foundations and the pillar of all sciences is to know that there's a first uh, a primary existence. So what we said there is that logically, anyone who is involved in any pursuit of knowledge must hold that there is an underlying causal reality, not a creator of the universe, but that there is something that is real, that is the basis by which we are differentiating between true and false and real and, and not real. You know, that's what the whole endeavor of, uh, of knowledge is. And if you're involved in Chachma, which is like peeling back layers and getting from like, sense observations to noticing patterns to noticing underlying laws to unifying the laws there's like this sense that there are there's the strata of reality uh, i only said that because i wanted to use the term strata <laughs> but there's there's like uh you know there's like li different levels of reality and that there is an underlying existence there now that you might call an unconscious or just purely logical thing that even the atheistic scientist 
has a, an idea that there's like an underlying reality behind everything. You know, he doesn't necessarily hold that that underlying reality is UK Vavke. I mean, in fact, he doesn't, you know, but that's, that's what I meant. So they recognize him on some level. Okay. Uh, let's go on. Mimizrak. Oh, we just read that here. Uh, oh, I didn't finish reading. V'chein ha'amar, it says in Malachi, Mimizrak shemesh va'an mavo'o gadol shemi bagoyim. So um, maybe we can look there for more. Uh, in uh, Malachi, it says, um, um, from the rising of the sun to the, its setting, my name is great among the nations. V'zachar mizrak amarav shuhu rov ha'yishuv al-kav ha'shaveh. So uh, it says east and, uh, east and west, because that's like the majority of the settled uh, world. Okay, fine. Hashem is above everything. Um, oh, sorry, all the nations. All the nations praise him. Nevertheless, his wondrous glory is above the heavens. Right, what does this mean? Oh, so this is another category. Because the heavens and their array and the malachim, remember they held that the uh, heavens had intelligences. Uh, right, the, the celestial spheres uh, were praising God, right? Um, so the celestial bodies and the malachim, they grasp, they understand God, God's kavod even more. They know how to exalt him. More so than the lower existences. Okay, so that's all of the levels. You've got malachim, uh, which they themselves have 10 levels of based on their knowledge of God. They praise God. Then you've got the heavenly uh, bodies that praise God. Then you've got the Avdei Hashem, the Chachamim. Then you've got the the regular human beings who are B'nai Das. And then you have the Avdei Kochavim. So all of them. V'yesh Mepharshim Ram Hu Al Kol Tehilos Shiyahalaluhu Kol So this is another reading of it. Not Ram Al Kogoyim Hashem. Not that he is above all the nations, but he's above all the praise that the nations give him. Um, what does that mean? The uh, Ode Ram Kvodo Ashmaim, and his glory is higher than the heavens. Even the heavens and their array do not grasp his uh, glory. Okay, fine. So same basic idea, just different reading. Okay. Um, who is like Hashem or God? Since it mentions the heavens, and there are nations who worship the heavens. It says, who is like Hashem or God? Who among all the, the gods of the peoples uh, is like Hashem or God? He's the one who raised himself to sit on high. Over all of the upper things. And looks down lowers himself to look down at the lower things. Whether in heaven or on earth. All of them are low in relation to him. Okay, so that's a different interpretation. Not that he's mashpili lira. Uh, hold on. Hamagbila Chavez. Sounds like he is ex- explaining hamashpili liros because he says mashpili liros patakdonim. In other words, it's like, so it's not saying he lowers himself. It's saying he looks down low because he's higher than everything. Okay. So he's not looking down. So like when I read it, I, I thought it was like in, um, in uh, Migdal Babel, right? Is the first time it uses the muscle. Hold on. Vayeret Hashem Liros. God went down to see 
that's what I thought this was saying, but it's not saying that it's saying that God like looks down upon them from his own high place. Um, okay. Um, he sees all of them and all their actions. Okay, find the Yud's extra. That's how I was going to read uh, reading it. That, that the Mashpili is in the heavens. Mashpili is in the arts. Fine, we explained it. All right. Um, let's let's try finishing the the redoc today. Um, uh, what's going on? Yeah, because uh, we I think we could finish it. Um, okay. He's high up and he sees the lower things. He, he sees their poverty and he raises them up from the dust. And he lifts them up from the, the dung heap. Okay, fine. Um, not only does he lift them up from their low part, their, their lowliness, um, but he does it to the point where he puts them, he seats them with the nobles. Why does he say the amo? Because they are higher than all the people to do the, the, uh, the will of God. I don't know if that means that he thinks the Nadivim are like Tzadikim or if he just means that they have like the capacity to do good. And in the future, they'll be over all the nations. Ah, he also changes nature. So that's what I was saying before. So one is social manipulations. The other one is actually changing nature. Oh, so he transforms the Akara into a bias, into a household, meaning that he makes her have... Um, Ability to have uh, you know people in our household. He made for them households like Shifra and Pua. Besa. He restores individuals to households. Okay, so he doesn't say it's the barren one of the household. He says it's Akeris. He makes her into a bias. Okay, we get it. He restores her to be with children. Uh, sorry, Aim Habanim, a mother of children. And she will be uh, rejoicing with them. In place of being um, sad uh, without them. And it's saying that uh, regarding all of these wonders that God does, we are obligated to praise him. Okay, so we have a lot to think about. We have a main theme. We have a theory. We have interpretations of particulars. So let's um, try to think about this. Let it, you know, go around in our minds. And then uh, and then the plan will be on Tuesday to try to bring it all together. And then if we have time, we'll look at either the Meiri or the Malvin. Okay? And then move on to something else on Thursday. Are we going to go back to the Redoc at all? Uh, yeah, probably. Just, okay, yeah. I was pretty confused by it. But okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry we rushed it at the end. I just wanted to, to get it uh, get it all out there. And then if, uh, you know, if you even have, if you have particular questions that you want to jot down now and send me just so you don't forget, um, then go ahead and uh, do that. It appears the internet in the Lichter household is is bad because both Isaac and Tamar are frozen. <laughs> Never seen that happen oh, on yeah, Zoom yeah, before. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you, you can jot down questions if you want and send them to me and... Uh, yeah. And that way we don't forget them. Sure. Yeah. Okay. See you later, everyone. I'm gonna be on the. I'm gonna hang up with the Zoom right now, but I'll, I'll come back on for uh, for uh, next uh, session. All right. Bye. Thank you.
If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening, thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.